Alrighty, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Owl Olympic Podcast. My name is Madison Cruz, and I am here with all the other interns here on this great October day. It was a little chilly this morning, not gonna lie to you. I definitely had to put on a sweatshirt in my car before walking on campus this morning, but it's very nice. But I am here with Andrew, Jade, Caroline, and Bryce, and we're gonna kind of give you a little bit of an overview of what's been going on in some of our sports this month of what has been happening and kind of give some updates. So Caroline, you want to go ahead and kick us off? Yeah, sure. So with cross country, um, they've been doing really well. We have some top runners, Dylan Berger. He's been finishing really well. And Emma Sullivan, she has been one of the best for the KSU women's cross country team. She's been finishing as the top runner and she's been really carrying this team and she's been an encouragement for all the other girls. And cross-country teams, both men and women, are headed to Texas this weekend to compete in the ASUN Championship. So I'm really excited to see what they can accomplish for the Owls. That's awesome. And now we're going to kick it off to Andrew to give us a bit of an update of what's been going on in men's and women's tennis. So men's tennis just recently came back from the Atlanta ITA Regional, where Raul Garcia made it all the way to the round of 16 before being eliminated. And on the women's side, Emma Baryanikova is also in the quarterfinals in the Southeastern Regionals of ITAs happening as well. The men will be playing in the Wofford Hidden Duel coming up here in just a couple of weeks, while the women head off to the Charleston Southern Hidden Duel over the weekend. Awesome. Thanks, Andrew. And now we'll kick it off to Jade to tell us a little bit more about men's and women's golf. Thanks, Maddie. Um, the men just finished up the Pine Tree Intercollegiate at their home golf course down in Kennesaw. Uh, Sean Cook took home, or stayed at home, I guess, the overall win of the tournament. Uh, there was a great performance by all of the guys. Um, and head coach Brian Odom talked to me about just how consistent they have been and how their momentum is just carrying on into each tournament. Um, on the women's side, they're actually in Hawaii right now, playing on some beautiful golf courses there. Laura Yechnik um, has had some really great performances in Hawaii. Also, Naya Kelly, who was the A-Sun Golfer of the Week um, a couple weeks ago, has continued to be performing really well. So both golf teams, men's and women's, have been killing it this fall. That's great to hear. Now we'll kick it to Bryce to tell us a bit about volleyball. Thanks, Maddie. There's actually a lot going on with this volleyball team coming off of their most recent road trip versus Lipscomb and versus Austin P. They split the trip one and one. They lost the first game versus now a nine and one Lipscomb team in the A Sun. Manu Johnson led the way for Kennesaw State with 21 kills on 60 attacks, 13 digs for name. Emma Scherfranz and Maggie Butkovich also came in and had a night for themselves with 13 kills each. Courtney Brown still in that main setter role with 53 assists. And the freshman and Haley Patterson led the team with four, four blocks, which has been very fun to see how the freshmen have been able to come in and this kind of different season for them and what we've normally seen in the past and just continue to grow each game. Head coach Keith Schunzel after the game. So we got a lot of young kids on the floor right now who are doing a lot of good things. And I'm proud of them because there's quite a bit more on their plate than what was originally planned. So obviously not a lot of planning was for the freshmen this year. 
but they're seeing a lot of action, and that's really fun to see how they're competing. And then they moved on, the Owls did, to Austin P, who is now 3-7 and seven in the A-Sun after the Owls came in on the road and swept them. Manu Johnson tied the school record again with kills in a three-set match with 22. It's her fourth 20-plus kill game in the last five games. She hit 391 versus the Governors. Emma Scherfranz, another 13 kills, hitting 500 on the match. And for Kennesaw State, that was their first ever win versus the Austin P Governors in the all-time series that they have played. It was a much-needed road win for the team head coach, Keith Shundle said, and really just an overall fun game, fun couple of games for this Owls side this past weekend. It's going to be a fun next couple of games at the Convo where the Owls are 6-2. and two. They take on Jacksonville Friday, October 27th at 7, where the Owls are 7-6 and six all-time versus JU at home. They lost to the Dolphins in Jacksonville back on October 7th, but they also take on North Florida at the Convo on October 29th, which is Sunday at 1 p.m., and the Owls are 9-4 and four versus the UNF Ospreys at home. They lost... 03 whenever they played North Florida back on October 6th. They're looking for their first win over North Florida since 2001. And it is our very own Andrew West ESPN Plus debut. So a big congratulations to him. We'll be looking forward to see how he's doing in that. Uh, final thing I want to kind of cap off with is Manu Johnson right now, currently at the time that we are recording this, leads the A-Sun in kills per set with 3.95 per set and points per and total points with 361.5, averaging 454.52 per set. She has 316 kills and 30 aces on the season for the Owls and currently leads the team in those two categories. But guys, Manu Johnson has just been on a recent tear, and it's just been so fun to see how this team has played. Expecting another two great games here this weekend. It's going to be an exciting time here at the Convo, definitely. And now looking ahead to women's soccer. Now, the Owls won their last game of the 2023 season against Queens 3-1. to Macy Rainwater got her first goal of the season. Agata Gianni earned her second goal, as well as Isla Swinton. Now, Isla Swinton has also earned her first career A-Sun Player of the Week. She is the first player of the week that the Owls have earned this season and the first defender to win this award this season. She ended the regular season tied with the team lead in goals, and it's the first time a defender has done so in over a decade with the Owls. Now, Coach Benji Walton said, that we had to get three points and we knew it. I'm happy with how we responded after some close opportunities early. Queens is a tough place to play with the turf and you're not really used to it. But looking ahead, the Owls did make the A-Sun championships. So now after all the results are finalized, Kennesaw State ended up in the sixth seed and they will face off against the number seven seed in Austin P, October 26th at 5 p.m. Now, if the Owls win, they will face the number three seed FGCU in their home field October 29th at 1 p.m. So we're going to be sending some good vibes to them, as well as Jade, who is currently over in Florida right now, getting ready for that game tomorrow. So that's going to be a lot of fun. All right, y'all. But. One of the biggest things about being an intern here with KSU Owl Network is we interview a lot of players and coaches as well. And we get a lot of really cool stories and really cool messages and things that you don't really get to hear from in anything else, especially with our Owl Network exclusive. So what I want to do for this sort of segment of our podcast is kind of talk a little bit about our favorite interviewees, someone who we've interviewed that had a really good story and a very interesting take on certain things that maybe fans wouldn't necessarily know of. So who wants to kick us off? I will kick us off. It's Jade, everybody. Um, And so I cover men's and women's golf. And I would say my most interesting 
um, conversation that I've had with an athlete was with Caitlin Campbell Nyman of the women's golf team. She had a really interesting take on the mental side of golf and coming off of her season last year, she really had talked to me about how she needed to take a step away from the game altogether and just really recenter herself and rework her mindset um, and to find her passion for the game again. And I think that it's something that a lot of athletes don't talk about and aren't open about as much. And I really was just proud of her and also like honored that she would share that with me and open up to me and feel comfortable enough to talk about that side of things with me because it can get personal, it can get deep, but it's something that is super duper important and is a major part of sports and athletes' lives because um, they're more than just the person that they are on the field, course, or court. So it was really just nice for her to open up and just share that um, with me. And I feel like it allowed more people to see a different side of her, see a different side of athletes in general. And yeah, I just really appreciated that conversation that we had. I'll go next. I think so far I've gotten a lot of really cool answers. I'm going to have kind of two answers for this. I'd normally ask, you know, if the team has a pregame ritual or if you have a pregame ritual and just being able to hear kind of how the volleyball team goes through their pre-match. Um, kind of they they have something called their jersey ceremony and just hearing how all that works it's just really cool to see how close all of these players are um and then and then on the other side i think just if i have to pick one there's been so many good ones but i think the best is just probably been emma Scherfranz and hearing her journey through her very first year here with kennesaw state and how she has continued to grow and just hearing, you know, you get to learn from players and greats like Lauren Chastain, who she was really close with, and Danny Blue, who she was also close with last season. And hearing how those old players and how you kind of look at them as mentors and how they've been able to help kind of shape the player, but more the person that she has become, I think was really cool to hear that. I completely agree, Bryce. And I mean, even talking to Agata Gianni this year, she has I've talked to her multiple times and I got to talk to her when I was writing a feature and just in talking to her as well as after games, before games, she kind of gave me a lot of insight into her journey coming from Italy to America and coming to play soccer, kind of told me a bit about what it was like playing soccer back in Italy and how that transition was for her. One of the biggest things that I thought was very interesting was she told me that when she played in Italy, she had to play with a boys team until she was 14 years old. And then she moved to play with Inter Milan for their women's team as well. So just to see that development of women's soccer and women's sports in general in those locations and then seeing how much it's developed and grown in here in America, seeing the development and more people talk about it. It was really cool to get to hear her side of it coming from a player that has played internationally and coming here to America and just hearing a bit more of her story, which is something that I think doesn't get a lot of light shed on. And it was really interesting and thought provoking to get to talk to her about that experience as well. And I'll do another one too, because as always, I love talking to Eilis Winton. She is so fun and talking to her. She gave me a lot of really funny things that happened when she was here and told me a really funny story about how she made her first goal with her stomach and how Benji Walton proceeds to talk about it and kind of label her as an example, which is kind of fun. And I, I just love getting to talk to everyone on the women's soccer team as well. They all are very great. and um, But those are the two that I think stick out to me the most. Yeah, and Maddie, sticking on the international side, tennis is a very, very tight-knit community. And like when I got, I got a chance to talk with um, director of tennis, Matt Emery, 
and just hearing how when he was brought in, we were kind of in the depths of Division One rankings. I think we were, he said we were four place out, four places out of last place, and look where we are. We pretty much rebuilt the team and became one of the most successful uh, program rebuilds in Division One history, uh, climbing as high as I believe 67, 68. and he told me that uh, Taylor Dean the main catalyst for a lot of this rebuild when he was recruiting her, both of them just had a lot of things in common, both struggled with injury and both share the same desire, which is to win the ASUN tournament. And Taylor's very much someone that uh, is very determined to do that. And I also got to speak to some Slovakian uh, twins, Emma and Teresa uh, Barankova, and just hearing their journey from the European system into the American system and just talking with them saying like playing college tennis in America was always their dream. And just hearing that really cool story of them coming over and them still being like very close with each other, being sisters and being able to help each other out mentally and anything that they need. And for me, one of my best interviews that I took away so much from has to be Natalie Cummings. She's on the women's cross-country team, and she talked about different things, kind of piggybacking off of what Jade said, just about how we can learn things that most people wouldn't know if you didn't talk to these players, or runners, I guess in my case, and she talked about things like her nutrition, her passion for running, and just her outlook on like being a KSU owl. And when I say nutrition, I was asking her the questions that most people want to ask cross country runners. I asked her, I was like, are there any days where you like bribe yourself with a dessert or a sweet treat that like makes you run and like hypes you up and motivates you? And she was like, oh yes, all the time. And I never really thought of it like that. Cause usually I'm like, oh, these athletes, they're all about nutrition. They're all about eating right. Like they're not going to slip up. Like, but she was like, oh yeah, if I get up and run one morning, then I'm going to treat myself with Starbucks or, you know, she loves chocolate and she's going to eat chocolate if she wants to eat chocolate. And I think that's so important that she can have that balance of running and, you know, getting all the training that she needs, but she can also reward herself sometimes and not be so strict on a certain nutrition. And she expressed about how much being a teammate matters. And I asked her, I was like, do you ever just not want to run on some days? Like, do you ever get sick of running or you're like, ugh, I have to get up. It's so early. And she was like, she was like, yes, sometimes, but it's important when you show up because if you're not at practice, you're not only letting yourself down, but you're letting the team down. And that really stuck with me. Like she's really passionate about running and she's passionate about just being there for the team. And at the end, I asked her what she wanted to tell our nation. And she expressed how thankful she was to be an owl, how she loves running for KSU. She loves her teammates. She expressed how encouraging the trainers were, how helpful they are, how much Coach Bray has just poured into her and the team, and how she's just really thankful to be a part of um, Kennesaw State cross country. Definitely. And I mean, I think one of the biggest takeaways from all of our experiences is just we're all so grateful to have the opportunity to talk to these players, to these athletes and coaches, because it's just a great opportunity to let Owl Nation know more about 
the people who represent them in these races, in these competitions, in these matches. It's a cool opportunity to get to share their stories because some of these stories don't get shared often. And it's great to kind of be the person to interview and ask them these questions and to push that forward. With that being said, though, we're going to get into a new segment that we're going to call it Hot Seat because it is the hot seat. We're going to put an intern in the hot seat to kind of get to know them a little bit more, to let you guys know them a little bit more as well. And so for this month, it's going to be Jade Barquette. Jade, you're going to get put in the hot seat. I'm a little nervous. I did volunteer for this, but I am now nervous, so it's okay. Don't be nervous. Don't, Don't be, be. I'll do it. If you need, if you, you know, I know you got a big game coming up and, you know, the nerves are out the roof. If you need someone to take over, I don't mind. Bryce, I got this. I was built for this moment. You were built. Okay, good. I'm going to go ahead and set this timer on my phone. Listen, it's going to be the the obnoxious alarm that everyone hates for wake up in the morning. I'm excited for Jade. I'm excited for her. Jade, don't be nervous. It's just questions. I got this. (laughs) You got this. All right. I'm going to set it. We're going to set it for a minute and 30 seconds. Alrighty, and starting us off, it's going to be Bryce. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. Favorite restaurant? Chili's. Go to order. From Chili's? Anywhere. Anywhere? Okay, we'll do Starbucks. Iced coffee with almond milk and sugar and vanilla. Favorite TV show? Um, I don't really watch TV that much, but if I had to pick one, it would be One Tree Hill. Go to pizza topping. Pepperoni. Oh, Lord, I wasn't ready for this. Uh, uh, favorite place to visit on vacation? Anywhere near a beach, probably the west coast of Florida because it's beachy towns. Favorite movie? Anything Harry Potter. Favorite flower? Sunflower. Basic. What's your favorite song? Um, I like too many different types of music to have a favorite song. Favorite Changes genre? Favorite- What's your favorite genre? R&B, just vibey music. Go-to gas station order. Drinking, like a drink and a snack. Gas station, I'm getting a body armor or a Powerade, and I'm getting a pretzel or a protein bar. Favorite food? Mexican food. Tacos, burritos. Favorite book? Oh, um, I just read Too Late by Colleen Hoover. Such a great book. Finished it in a day. I don't know if y'all heard the alarm, but that was it. There it is. <laughs> that was See, that but was... there was no reason to be nervous about it. Did you want us to ask you about the game this weekend or this week? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what is your mindset going into the game, James? <laughs> Get a win. <laughs> awesome, guys. Well, I honestly, I think that's something we need to add into every single podcast. I think it was fun. That was fun. <laughs> that was a really good idea. And JD did great. Thank you. We can all credit Andrew West for that idea. He texted me and was like, we should do this. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. So props to Andrew for coming up with that idea. Why didn't um, you Chili's answer, Bryce? What's wrong with Chili's? I just, I wasn't expecting Chili's. I love Chili's. I just wasn't ready for it. <laughs> I feel like, I, like, I feel like all the athletes always, I always hear like Chick-fil-A. Like everybody always says like Chick-fil-A or like a fast food restaurant. I'm a big Chili's girl. Like huge chili. Chili's the uh, oh, it's like their it's like their cheese dip, but it's I forget it's like the skillet queso I think. That's good. I'm not a huge cheese girl. When someone, uh, Caroline, did you ask me about pizza? I was gonna say like I don't really eat cheese on pizza, but I didn't. 
Okay, uh, since we're here and we're on the topic of pizza, this is just a real quick group consensus question. Is pineapple okay on pizza, yes or no? Absolutely yes. no. no. Heck no. <laughs> wow. Well, well, y'all are just wrong, so. I said I, I said yes, but I have weird, like, pizza takes. Like, it can just be, like, cheese pizza with a little bit of pineapple. Like, don't put ham on it. That's weird. I, yes, listen, no, pineapple on pizza is phenomenal. You can, I, like... Like, I don't know like, if I like the idea of, like, hot fruit. But, like, I also do like apple pie. And I like apple pie when it's hot. Yeah, but apple pie fruit. is different than... Apple pie is way but, different than... But, like, if you bite into a slice of pizza and there's a little bit of pineapple topping on it, you get, like, a little bit of, like, a sweet and salty kind of deal. And it's it's a it's a good it's a good taste. Look, not saying that my take is, is good here, but I am the king of hot takes in all of our network. Yep. Black olive on pizza... Beats everyone. Black olives are disgusting. Terrible take. Wow. <laughs> I won't. I won't. I won't beat them down any more than y'all already have. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Alrighty. Kind of want to close it out. It's spooky season. I'm gonna ask you guys some questions about Halloween. Just a couple little fun little things. Um. So to start off, is everyone a fan of horror movies? Because what is everyone's favorite? horror movie or favorite Halloween movie to watch. I'm going to count The Nightmare Before Christmas as a Halloween movie. I think it's I th- I think it's a Halloween movie. I think it's a Halloween and a Christmas movie. I think it's both. I'm going to go with Charlie Brown. <gasps> that's a good one. I don't I've never been a Halloween movie person. I think that's such a hot take from like the general consensus of people, but like I've never been a Halloween person. I don't really like scary things either. I do like a haunted house, but I don't like scary movies. I personally find that a lot of horror movies are very predictable. I still like them and I'll still watch them, but it's just very easy. Like I was watching Smile the other day and I saw the ending coming. I was just sitting there and I was like, oh, that's going to happen. Sure enough, it happens. You can just predict the end. But I would say Smile, Smile was scary. That was just an overall creepy vibe kind of don't. And I regret watching it in the dark. That didn't really do much for me, uh, but scare me a little more. Uh, but if we're just going overall Halloween, just themed, I don't know if Beetlejuice is considered a Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. But it is. It is, right? Yeah, then yeah. I'm going Beetlejuice. It's just a I, classic. I think a classic. Uh, growing up on Disney Channel, the Halloween towns, those are really good. But also, too... I saw a really good movie last Halloween. I think that's when it came out. It was The Black Phone. I, I don't oh, think... yeah. I remember seeing something about that. It's more I, I, yeah, psychological than it is a horror film. But I thought it was really good. And it was, like, really well done. And I'm not a huge horror movie person either. So, um, But I really like that one. All right. Well, next question. Favorite Halloween candy? Twix. Mine's Kit Kats. I think I'm going to have to ooh, go Milky ooh. Way. Are uh, y'all remember... How I said I'm the king of hot takes around here? Oh, no. Twizzlers. I mean, come on. It's not invalid. I don't like well, Twizzlers. No, Twizzler is valid, but it's not the best. But it does matter on what flavor. I'm going to say my favorite Halloween candy. There's a couple. If we're going chocolate, I got to go Reese's. It's just a classic. Like Reese's, you you just get a Reese's. You put it in the fridge sometimes. Just change it up every once in a while. It's good. Uh, if we're going sweet, I know it's not a traditional Halloween candy, but Jolly Rancher Chews are just phenomenal. 
they're just phenomenal. Like I could eat a whole bag by myself. Uh, and then, and then if we are going traditional sweet Halloween candy, then, you know, the little sour punch, like straws that like come in the bag, those are good too. So you just unlocked so many things in my brain, like so many areas of candy that I forgot existed. Oh yeah. No Halloween, dude. I remember the best was going home after you were done trick or treating and you're like, if it was cold, you're like freezing and like you get on your doorstep and you get inside, you just dump it all over the floor on the table and you separate. All right. I don't want this. I don't want this. You can have this. I miss how I miss trick or treating. I might do it this year. Why not? I don't know if any of y'all ever grew up with siblings, but whenever like my siblings and I came back, it was exactly just like that. We dump it. And it was like, I, right, who doesn't want their Twizzlers? I'll take them. You guys can have these. I'll take the Twizzlers. Andrew, and you're dead set on these Twizzlers. Hey, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I brought a pack of them from home. As long as we can all agree the best house gave away the big candy bars, then we're fine. Yep. Y- mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. A hundred number. We time. all knew that house. Oh, everybody did. We would have but- my mom drop us off in our friend's neighborhood because we knew they had good Halloween candy and then just trick or treat with them and then have her come pick us up. Well, now that we've gone down memory lane, though, what was y'all's favorite thing you ever dressed up as? My bright self, at the age of, like, three, dressed up as a Georgia Tech cheerleader. Looking back, that's pretty scary. Caroline. Looking back. Yeah, that's a little spooky. I know. I know. My dad lost a bet with one of his friends, and, uh, or wait, no, he won the bet, and his friends were Florida fans, so he had to make his kids dress up as Georgia fans for Halloween. (laughs) that's funny i was i was a hurt soccer player for like two years in a row because i actually had like a cast of some sort on either my leg or my arm so that fit in perfectly but my favorite one just because this is funny was i was purple grapes and i literally just wore this is like in middle school i wore a purple shirt black shorts and my dad pinned purple balloons to my shirt and I had like a little thing on my head for like the stem and I literally walked around like I couldn't like put my arms around my side because I had balloons sticking out so yeah very creative that's awesome in high school I had like a we did always did because I did theater in high school so we always had like a little like Halloween like party like with our club and stuff and I remember one year I originally wasn't able to go but then last minute whatever I was doing got canceled. So I ended up going and I ended up being like stitch. Cause my friend had like a stitch onesie. And so I was stitch for one Halloween. And then the one that's like popping into my head when I was like younger, I think I was Katniss from the hunger games in like middle school, which that's kind of fun. I don't know if I have a photo. I'll have to. I'm have pretty to- sure. And I don't, I'm, re- I'm really reaching here for the star Wars fans. I went as commander Coney Cody and like fifth grade or not fifth grade, it was like third grade it was it was like i thought it was the coolest costume of all time maddie i wore um a stitch onesie to class yesterday because we were told to dress up so no i remember one year my childhood best friend and i made dice so we went as like a pair of dice that's amazing actually a good costume that's really good now it, it sounded great and it looked great until you try and shimmy your way through some like narrow stairs and you're just like this big box all right well that's the end of this month's owl olympic podcast now i'm going to pass it over to bryce who's going to give us a bit of a rundown on what's going to go down on 
the Kennesaw State campus for these next couple of weeks about new sports events coming up and everything. Yeah, thanks, Maddie. Just real quick, uh, women's soccer on the road, A-Sun Conference Championship versus number seven, Austin PJ. Best of luck. We'll be cheering you on here from the nest. And after that, on Friday, it'll be Kennesaw State Volleyball taking on the Jacksonville Dolphins at home at the Convo at 7 p.m. You can catch that game on ESPN Plus or at the Convo. It's going to be a fun Friday and weekend full of actions. Football is home on Saturday versus Lincoln of California at 3 p.m. You can also catch that one on ESPN Plus or listen on the KSU Owl Network on Mixler. And then on Sunday, we'll wrap up the last event of the weekend with volleyball taking on North Florida at the convo again at 1 p.m. So a lot going on around the nest this weekend. It's going to be a fun weekend of action here in Kennesaw. Awesome, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this month's episode of the Owl Olympic Podcast. We will be back next month with a new episode. Bye, all.